and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma, and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today, I'm going to be talking about Anna Holidays by Christina Lauren. If you didn't know, Christina Lauren is actually two people. Christina something and Lauren something. Let me look it up. Let's see. Christina Hobbs and Lauren Billings. So these are two women who just write romance novels together under a pen name, which is the mashed up version of their two first names. So they're actually really popular. And this is my first book of theirs that I have read before, which uh, I've like heard a lot about them, but I've never picked one up. This was also my December book of the month. And I feel like before we get into everything, I should just kind of tell you what happened with me deciding if I was going to read this or not. Oh, and also the reason why this book is here is that this is a Christmas book. So Merry Christmas if you celebrate. Happy holidays if you uh, just celebrate holidays in general. Um, I missed Hanukkah, but uh, Happy Hanukkah, past tense. Does that even work? Happy belated Hanukkah. Kwanzaa, I feel like it's the 26th. So happy Kwanzaa. If you celebrate none of these holidays, happy day you're listening to this. Thanks for being here. I chose this book for this week specifically because it's Christmas. So this is a Christmas time loop romance novel where the main character, Maylin, or I'm just going to call her May mostly, gets stuck in this time loop of reliving her Christmas holiday until she gets it right. So let's talk about why I was unsure about reading this book first before I do my plot summary. This book was my book of the month pick, right? And I was honestly very surprised to see it on book of the month because I'd been seeing it everywhere on my Instagram account since maybe October. Like I've been seeing it all October, all November. Like I've seen it a lot through December, but that makes a bit more sense, right? And so I was surprised to see it on book of the month's website just because typically the books I see on there, I haven't seen anywhere else yet. So because I'd seen it everywhere, I was hesitant to pick it up because I felt like I had seen some negative reviews, which this is kind of ironic because my whole point of this podcast is I'm not technically reviewing these books, although you as a listener may feel that way. I'm For me, this is more of me like just explaining my thoughts on them without just a, like, this was good because X or this was bad because Y thing that you sometimes hear and see in reviews. And I don't rate the books I read. A big thing in the book community is using one to five stars to rate a book. One normally meaning I hate it and five normally meaning best book ever. I loved it so much. I do not use stars, which is something you may or may not have noticed before because I just feel like that they're constraining and they kind of put me in a hole and like, I don't know. They're just not my thing. And so anyways, but this is ironic because when I see negative reviews, they make me not want to read something or anything like that. So I try to stay away from reviews of books that I'm thinking about reading because as I talked about in A Deadly Education, I saw some more critical reviews of that, which made me put off reading it. And I absolutely loved it. And here I felt like I'd seen things where I wasn't sure about it. And then I ended up picking it up because one woman that I follow on Instagram, her account is prose in Pinot Noir. And I actually, her pictures are really good and I like her account a lot. So go give her a follow. She typically will read romance, but never like it. And she really, really liked this book and gave it like four point something stars. So I was like, okay, if she likes this romance novel, I got to give it a try. And part of the reason why I was hesitant was I thought I'd seen something about love triangles. You guys probably know that I hate love triangles. I do not like them at all. And like, I don't really know. This was like weird. Was there a love triangle in this book? 
maybe. So like, it, anyways, so I was hesitant about picking up the book, but I ended up picking it up. And I went into the book with very low expectations because I was unsure about it the entire time I was like waiting for it. I picked it out like this whole thing. I was like, I don't know. So I went in with low expectations. So I ended up enjoying this book. But like it was definitely it was like a good read. Like I liked it. It was kind of fun. It was kind of silly. It was holiday themed. And I am not a holiday seasonal reader. A lot of people will wait to read spooky books until October for Halloween or wait to read a book about Chris that takes place in Christmas until December or they'll read like books that happen in the summer only in the summer and that's not me I read things whenever I this is my first physical copy of a book I have where the plot takes place around Christmas like and that's kind of the theme but I have this book on my phone that I love that takes place during Christmas and I read that for the first time in January and February and then I read it again in the middle of summer so like I don't care about I'm not a seasonal reader I just read things whenever the heck I want to and so a lot of people are like that, and I don't know why I was talking about that, but I'm just not one of those people. So this was a lot of information for you before starting the plot summary. One last thing before I jump in. Obviously, my spoiler, 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 this whole thing is going to be full of spoilers. If you don't want in holidays to be spoiled for you, then please stop listening here. Go read the book, come back, and then listen to the episode. But the other thing is, this is actually the second episode I'm recording today, which I normally never do, but I recorded an episode for Well Met by Jen DeLuca before this, which is actually going to air after, can I say air? It will be published after this, probably in two or three weeks, depending. I'm a bit hesitant about posting two romance novels or maybe even three in a row because I don't know, sometimes those episodes don't do as well which like I don't really care about I mean I do but like not really because this is I try to make it more about like being for me than being famous or getting views which or listens which (laughs) I really don't get that many but that is something for next week's episode for you to hear about so make sure you turn tune in for my 2020 wrap-up next week but anyways this is I recorded the other episode first because I read that book first actually and so I just had to do them in order So who knows, I might be crazy on this episode because I've already been talking to myself for like 35 minutes. I actually did a really good job with the plot summary on the other book. So um, we'll see how we do on this one. And I should get started because I'm already about seven minutes in. So like I said, it's a time loop Christmas novel. So every year, May and four other families go to the same cabin in Utah to celebrate Christmas because their parents, all the adults became friends in college and for some reason they all spent a Christmas together because of like they got snowed in or something from school and since then it's been a tradition for all their families to spend Christmas together so May is 26 and she has a younger brother who's 17 in high school her parents are divorced but they still in the divorce the one thing her dad said that he wanted was he was not giving up Christmases at the cabin and neither was her mom so they still go and this is the one time a year that her parents actually get along The family that owns the cabin is the Hollis family. So there's Lisa and Ricky, who are the parents, and then their sons, Theo and Andrew. Theo is May's age, and Andrew is three years older. And May's had a crush on Andrew since she was 13. Like, she's been in love with him for half of her life, but she's never said anything because she doesn't think he reciprocates the feelings, and she doesn't want it to be weird because they're basically family, right? Then you have uh, these other two guys who are... 
Kevin and Aaron, maybe. I don't really remember their names, but the two of them are married and they adopted five-year-old twins. Well, they're now five, but they adopted twins of Kennedy and the boy's name who I forgot. There's a lot of characters. And then there is Benny, who is their like fourth friend. He never got married or anything. And May is really close with him. Kind of like he knows all her secrets. Blah, blah, blah. So that's all the people at the cabin and they stay there every year. So the book opens up at the end of the holidays. It's the 26th and they're leaving. And May made a big mistake. The night before she made out with Theo drunkenly and it was super awful and she hated it. And she's in love with his brother. So that's kind of awkward, right? And the next morning she comes upstairs and he won't even like look at her. He won't say anything like don't she he's basically like I knew you'd make a big deal out of this, like whatever. And the thing about Theo is it's said time and time again that he is a player, right? So you're like, okay, she's just like accidentally become one of his girls. And she's mortified because Andrew actually ended up seeing them accidentally. And she's like, how am I ever going to live this down? And now he'll never be with me. And then they find out that the Hollis family is selling the cabin because it's old and run down and they just don't have the money to put in all the repairs. And so that her family is driving to the airport and she's just super like, upset because she's like I made this mistake with Theo and she's never going back here where like all her happiest memories are and she's her parents are arguing and like all this different stuff and she makes a wish that to the universe to show her what would make her happy because she hates her job she lives at home with her mom and her mom's new husband and then um she makes this wish and then a Christmas tree runs into the car and she wakes up on the airplane at the start of the vacation and she's so confused and like just all this different stuff. And so now she's like caught in this time loop, right? So the first time loop is like the first time she's reliving it. So I guess this is the second time living it is like very short. She's like so confused. Everyone thinks there's something like wrong with her. And she goes to Benny and tries to like explain that she is caught in a time loop. And Benny's like, you should talk to your dad because he's a doctor. The thing is, her dad is actually an obstetrician. Is that correct? He's like delivers babies. Yeah. And so he doesn't really know anything about, you know, I don't know, but she's like, fine, like maybe I am just crazy, whatever. And she ends up tripping down the stairs and restarting the timeline over again. So now this next time she's like, okay, you know what? I've realized that the reason I was sent back again is because I need to stop the Hollises from selling the cabin. So she's determined to like make sure they keep all their special traditions and like all this different stuff. And again, she's acting crazy and she's like, doesn't, she knows everything that's going to happen in this first day and whatever. And so then it's the next day and she tells Benny to tell her a secret. That way, if she gets rebooted again, she'll be able to convince him that she's in a time loop. So he tells her the secret and whatever. And then the next day is a snowman building competition and they're doing the competition, blah, blah, blah. And then someone starts a snowball fight and she gets all upset. Like, no, we have to do the tradition tradition. But everybody's having so much fun. So a tree branch falls on her and it restarts the timeline again. Because obviously she didn't understand that she's supposed to be happy, not like ruining the fun by being a stick in the mud. Then we get into this last time. So this is kind of a spoiler, but it doesn't restart the timeline again. This is like she lives through the whole thing and it works out for her, which that, that's something I'll talk about later. I don't want to get into it in the middle of the plot summary and derail myself. So this time she acts the most crazy of all and she tells like everybody what not to do because her dad chipped his tooth on this cookie and Kennedy skinned her knee because the dog ran into her and she fell 
and all this other and somebody got a tattoo and like somebody got a haircut and like all this different stuff so she already knows all this stuff happened and everyone thinks she's kind of acting like out of her mind but she ends up kind of bonding with Andrew during this time because she's just like whatever like life is crazy man like she's realized that like trying to keep the traditions alive doesn't work and like trying to think she has a head problem doesn't work either so she's like okay what's gonna make me happy and this is probably gonna be the most condensed plot summary ever because (laughs) I just like I just read this book and yet I'm forgetting major parts of the plot anyway so it's like the second day or whatever or it's after the snow building thing and her and Andrew go with the two dads to pick out the Christmas tree and while they're there May ends up quitting her job because she hates her job she's talking to Andrew about it and she ends up she hates the job it's she double majored in finance and graphic design and she loves graphic design and she took this job but they kind of made her end up doing finance instead and she absolutely hates it so she quits and then she also confesses her feelings to Andrew that she's like in love with him basically except I don't think she says the I'm in love with you part and he kind of reacts a a little odd right like he doesn't he he's kind of just like thank you for telling me which is the worst way I think possible to turn someone down except for the fact that he's not he ends up not being turning her down but I don't know and they pick out this tree and then later they've like put the tree up and she's laying literally underneath the tree and then Andrew comes and lays underneath the tree also with her and then they're just kind of flirting but then also talking about it and at this point I still think he's not into her but he actually is into her which, okay, whatever. And then Theo was like, why aren't you spending time with me? Blah, blah, blah. And Andrew also thinks that she's into Theo this whole time. And she's like, no, I've actually always been into you. And then he's like, but I thought Theo. And then he stops his sentence, which was sus. And then they're playing sardines and Andrew's the one that's hiding. And she finds Andrew in his closet, in his room. And then he ends up being like, I never thought you were a possibility but I've kind of low-key had feelings for you for the past couple years. And then they end up like kissing. And then the two little kids and like find them because whatever. And then later that night they kiss in a pantry and her brother finds them. And then the next day they do like a scavenger hunt and it's in the town where they have to like take fun pictures of like this thing or find somebody to give you a high five or whatever. You guys know what I'm talking about. And she ends up being partners with Theo you know, it's like, okay, whatever. And then she, Theo needs to buy some Christmas presents. So she slips into the store with Andrew and then Theo catches them kissing. And he's like, what the heck? He's like, May, can I talk to you for a minute? And she like follows him and leaves Andrew. And then Theo starts going like, he's like really upset. He starts saying things like, you led me on all this time. I'm just like, what the heck? Like what? And then she almost dies a couple times. Like, a truck almost hits them and like something else happens. And then the whole family like comes by and it's just like a straight up disaster because she's like talking about like, everybody's trying to figure out what's going on. And like, she's like, stay away from me. You're all going to die. Like I'm going to restart the time loop. Like, and everybody's like, what the heck? And then Benny ends up finding her in a cafe two hours later. And he turns out has bought stock in Spotify before Spotify popped off. So he pays for her coffee with a $100 bill and brings her back. She decides that she needs to go apologize to Andrew for acting crazy and explain what's going on. 
So she tells him about the time loop, which he kind of believes her about. But then he also she also tells him that the time loop started after she made a wish because she kissed Theo and messed up. And then Andrew's really upset about that because, you know, she made out with his brother before. Oh, I forgot. They also. So the whole thing is that the children, which are like in their late 20s now, have to sleep in bunk beds in the basement. And Andrew, who's 29, refuses to do that and sleeps out in the boathouse, which is just like there's no insulation or anything. And he's sleeping in sleeping bags. So the night that they get caught kissing in the pantry by the brother, um, Meg goes out there and like, you know, sleeps with him and then like sneaks back inside before everybody's awake and whatever. So they've like been together ish. Well, not ish. You, you know what I'm trying to say here. And um, so then Andrew's very upset and kind of is like, you're, I don't think he calls her a coward, but basically calls her a coward. Like the only way you were able to like do any, like to quit your job or to go after me or anything like is from like a wish you've messed up your life. And now like, well, he kind of says some mean stuff and whatever, but like also I get it because she like made out with your brother and like, I don't even know. She was apparently just really drunk and not thinking. I, I, I don't know. And then, so now she's very upset and they're fighting and everybody, it's just kind of awkward in the house and whatnot. And then she ends up going out there and uh, before she goes out there, she talks to, like, it's two days later, it's like Christmas or whatever, and it's been really awkward. And she talks to Benny, like, I finally figured, like, will you co-sign a loan for me? Like, I'm going to buy the cabin, like, fix it up. Like, she has this plan is not thought out and Benny's like, yo, I actually already offered to buy it, which is super exciting. Cause she's like, I still do think one of the reasons I was sent back was to stop the sale of the cabin or whatever. So now Benny's going to buy the cabin and they'll also be able to come. And then she goes out to Andrew and kind of, I don't know if she necessarily apologizes or she just like says some stuff. Like she kind of apologizes and explains things and whatever, and gives him this gift. Then she goes on this two hour walk. She comes back. And she finds earlier she'd been saying she loves the peppermint Hershey kisses, the white one, the white, like white chocolate ones. And he thinks white chocolate's disgusting. She finds them like in a path to the closet in his bedroom. And he is like, You left so fast I wasn't able to like say anything earlier. And he ends up, I don't know if forgiving her is the right word, because like I don't know if she necess- like it was the right thing for her to do to tell him about like what had happened in the past timeline or whatever. And so uh, whatever that happened and they get together and then you flash forward the epilogue is six months later or seven months later, I guess, cause it's 4th of July and he ends up proposing to her. And that's kind of the end of the story. There's also a part before she talks to Benny where she ends up talking with Theo and it was just kind of odd. He was like, so my brother and she's like, yeah, I've been lo- in love with him since I was 13. And he's like, Oh, cool. And it was just odd because like her brother Miles had said to her earlier, like, I think Theo's into you. And she's like, no, what are you talking about? And that's something I want to talk about in my discussion section. So that is the end of my plot summary. Potentially one of my shortest ones, maybe also one of my most disjointed ones. I don't think it was my best plot summary, but there you go. It tells you basically everything you need to know. Not really, but like it tells you the basic premise of the plot. So Let's get into this here plot summary. No, I already did the plot summary, the discussion section. So I think part of the reason why this plot summary was so short is I don't want to call this book forgettable because that's not necessarily true. I did like it, 
But as I was talking about earlier, before I started the plot summary, like I had those low expectations going in and it was a good book. Like it exceeded my expectations. Like I had a good time reading it, but it's not like my favorite romance book I ever read. Obviously that's bringing down the Duke. That's my favorite. Like nothing could even touch that book. It's so amazing. Right. But like, anyways, this is like, this was a good time. And because I just like, it was a good time. I'm not like while I'm reading it, I'm not like, oh my God, this is so profound. Like, oh my God, all these things are super important. So it's a lot easier for me to just do more of a quick plot summary. So let's get into kind of like different things I want to talk about. The first thing I want to talk about is the time loop. So I don't know if I just haven't watched enough time loop things. The only time loop thing I can remember ever watching, obviously the one everyone's going to think of is Groundhog Day. I have never seen that. So hmm. The only thing I can remember watching is the episode of Sweet Life on Deck where they keep where they're passing the international dateline and Cody keeps like having to repeat a day until he gets like this dance right and he's trying to like get with Bailey or whatever. So that's what I think of and I feel like he lived that day like 10 times. And I feel like normally in a time loop movie or TV episode or whatever, they live the day more times than getting sent back three times so a total of four times living it and like maybe that's because typically there's just a day and this was a week but I just thought there was going to be more of her being sent back to start over again and so because of that I got really nervous halfway through the book because I thought she was going to get sent back in time and this is after her and Andrew have like had sex and like kind of become a couple and whatever because then I got nervous that she was going to get sent back and have to like do it all over again. And then I also got nervous she was going to get sent back and realize that actually she wanted to be with Theo and not Andrew. So I was really nervous for like probably 50 or 60 pages of the book that all of this progress was going to get ruined. And like I, this book was only just over 300 pages, I think. It was like very short. But um, so like there wasn't really enough time for then the plot to be developed for her to get sent back more times. But I also wanted her to get sent back more times. So I don't know what that says about me or anything, but like I wanted more time loops. Like I wanted more of that. And I felt gypped that there was only three. Like I get why there was only three, but I wanted more than three. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, another thing, let's talk about Theo because this man made absolutely no sense to me. Like, I really don't understand if he was supposed to be in love with May or if he wasn't or, like, what was going on. Because, like, both Miles and Andrew make some sort of reference to saying that they think Theo is in love with May or, like, has feelings for her. And both times May is like, what are you talking about? Like, we're just friends. Like, we're not even close anymore. Blah, blah, blah. But, like, I think the boys might have been right on this because maybe Theo has made mention because Miles like worships Theo he like loves him and so like maybe and Andrew's Theo's brother and like does not know that Andrew's ever had any feelings towards May so like maybe he's confided in them although I don't really see it him confiding in Miles May's much younger brother about this but like that he has feelings for her and also it would explain his behavior later on where he like is super mad at her and it's like also, the whole thing about her leading him on, like, I just don't know what that was about because he obviously, like, when you get reset, only she remembers what happened in the past. So he has no idea that they made out in this other timeline and he never will because she's never going to tell him that, even though Andrew and Benny know nobody else knows about it. But like, 
I just don't understand what that's about because she's clearly been in love with Andrew since she was 13. Like it's stated. So like, there's no way that she would be leading him on because she's not into him, which then makes him fall into the nice guy trope where any girl that's nice to a guy is obviously into him, which is like so annoying, like for that to happen both in real life and in media. So I don't know, but he was like, I just didn't understand what was up with him like at all and it was super odd that he was like maybe into her but then also we don't know if he was actually into her like I don't know I didn't really like him as a character I didn't understand what was going on with him or what we're supposed to get from him other than like May made a mistake with him but like it was weird I don't know what was up with him but I will say that one thing that this book did really well was all of like the characters so like one thing that can be really hard to do in a book especially one that's this short only 300 pages is having a lot of characters because when you have a lot of characters you don't want them to all be flat or two-dimensional so what a flat slash two-dimensional character is is it's a character that's really only there to like move the plot forward there's nothing interesting about them they're like very generic like the mom like ha- like when there's just like one thing to the personality and there's like they, they're almost not human because, you know, humans are, like, complex and intricate and, like, just, like, complicated and all these different things. And two-dimensional characters really aren't. They're really very basic. It's like having the generic old wise man who just tells you old wise things and then disappears or something. You know what I mean? But all these or just, like, people that are forgettable. Like, if you read a book and they've got, like, six friends and their only one friend is actually important and the rest of them are, like, don't matter and you can't remember any of their names or anything like that so there was a lot of characters in this book like let's count may's family's four andrew's family's four the other family's four and then benny so there's like 13 of them plus a dog and so there's like a lot of characters in the book in the way that they're all there at the same time all the time right you know what i mean but i thought that christina lauren did a really good job and like kind of distinguishing between all the different characters I will say I got the two like the two men that were married to each other I got them mixed up like I could tell you what the attributes of like them both were but I can't really remember their names and like which one is which but like I understand like I know both of the two distinct personalities if that makes sense but like overall like each person was kind of distinct and developed well And that was something like throughout the book that I remember thinking like, wow, they're doing a good job of having all these characters and making them either A, important to the plot or B, like have some sort of depth or like personality or something like that, other than just being like flat and boring, if that makes sense. Let's see what else I have to say. Oh, okay. So like I talked about Well Met in the episode before this that I recorded before this, but will be coming out after it about like realistic love timelines and one of the best things about this book is that like them falling in love that fast was actually very very realistic to me because of the fact they both had like long-standing feelings for each other that just hadn't been revealed before this so like as I've said a hundred times May's been in love with Andrew since she's 13 so that like she's already like previously in love with him and so like then just like actually being with him like solidifies that for her And so, like, it's realistic for me for her to confess her love to him. Like, that makes sense. And then Andrew says, like, when they're in the closet that first time, he has, like, a weird closet fetish. Like, I don't know. That's, like, mentioned the book about his thing with closets. And, like, I don't... It was kind of odd. 
anyways, like when they're in the closet the first time, he says something about like kind of low key of having had feelings for her for a couple years now, but just never thinking she was actually an option. And so like to me, then it also makes sense for him to like have a love confession at the end of the book as well, because the two of them have secretly had feelings for each other for years, right? Different amount of years, but still years. And so like, to me, that was nice because the book has to take place over such a short amount of time because of the time loop thing. And because it's about the Christmas holidays, that it was really nice that they've got this pre-established like love for each other that they just have never revealed before, that it makes so much more sense. And that I do believe that there is love between the two of them. However, I 100% believe May. This book is only told from May's point of view. You don't get anything from Andrews, which I think makes sense. It would have been weird to have his perspective in the book. So, but then like, it's kind of like, do I truly believe that he's got feelings for her? Yes, I do. However, only because at the end, it's like revealed that he does. Like beforehand, there are like moments where he like blushes when they hug extra long or like he was actually a little bit flirty a couple of times she got rebooted or whatever. But like mostly though, like when... She finds out in the original timeline that she and Theo have made out. Like, I guess he's had time to think about it, but he, like, jokes around about it with her, and he's not at all upset by it, which is, like, sus to me that he could be in love with her but not upset. I mean, I guess he's had, like, eight hours to process it or whatever, but still, I don't know. And then, like, even, like, when she says her feelings for him the first time, and he's like, thank you for telling me. Like, I don't know if that's exactly what he said, but that's basically the gist of it. It was just kind of odd. Like, it makes it less believable. And the whole thing is he's like, I'm a processor. I need some time to, like, think about how I'm feeling and whatever before I speak and have actions or whatever. But I was just like, "Mm, okay, this seems like a convenient way to, like, make us like wait longer for them to get together instead of him just like confessing how he actually feels when she confesses to him but that's just me the other thing I want to say is at the beginning of the book like I said May makes this wish to the universe to be happy and I that was probably the part of the book that I found the most relatable because I have also had to make a wish like that I had a horrible year one year we're not going to name times because I'm not trying to name names and get myself in trouble and for my birthday one year I just wish to be happy because you know you blow out the candles and you're supposed to make a wish normally you wish for things like a job or boyfriend maybe or like when you're a kid maybe a pony you know but I wish to be happy that year and so like I did end up becoming happy after that year but oh shoot I just dropped my thing all that is to say is that I get it like I wasn't in the same place then as like May is in the book about like hating her job and living at home and like not having the love of your life, like think of you as anything other than a little sister. But like, I get it, like making that wish and like putting it out into the universe that you're trying to be happy, you know, like you're trying to figure out what will make you happy. And that was like, I felt like to me, that was like the moment where I really related to May the most. And then also like just some of that stuff. Right. So That was kind of like something that I enjoyed about it just because I could see a little connection to myself. So there's some very personal information about me, whether you know me in real life or not. Now you know that I one time made a wish to be happy. So yeah, I think I'm going to leave it at that. I've pretty much said what I want to say. And would I recommend picking up this book? I would, I think yes, if you're just looking for like a light holiday themed read, 
if you're looking for like a, the time loop was fun. As I said, I wanted more of it, but whatever. But this was definitely, like I said, not the best book ever, but it was enjoyable. Like I had a good time, whatever. So make sure that you follow me on Instagram at I read a book once blog. Check out my blog I never post on. I read a book once blog.com. Maybe I will post on it because I've got a day off as the holidays approach. So I've got some time. And then also send me an email at I read a book once blog at gmail.com. I think that's right. Like really, I do want these emails because next week I'm very, very excited. Next week I will not be talking about a book. Instead, I'm going to be doing a 2020 wrap up. So I'm going to be talking about all of the books I've read for the year, telling you my favorite ones, my least favorite ones, how many books I've read, and just kind of like talking about like where my podcast is and like how I'm feeling about it, if that makes sense. Um, I'm going to be talking about books that I did not talk about on the podcast. So I'm going to be talking about the entire year, not just from September to December, which is like when my podcast has been up and running. I'm really excited about it. I've been thinking about doing this episode for literal months now. I've started a little post-it note counting like how many books and like where they are because some of them were like my brothers or stuff like that. And so I would forget that I had read them because they're not on my bookshelf or whatever. But really make sure you tune in for that. And if you have any thoughts, opinions, literally anything, make sure you send them to me before next weekend. Yeah, send them to me in the next four or five days so that I can kind of put them into that episode. Make sure you send them to me before like the 29th or the 30th or whatever of December so I can put them into this episode and just kind of give you like a wrap up, you know? So my name is Emma. This was I Read a Book Once and I'll catch you next time.